Uh, are we live yet? We're live. Thanks, everybody, hanging out. It's a free show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. We're more than likely going to mention a uh, superhero movie that happened. Probably. Uh, I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen, seen it either. I haven't seen it either. Um, oh, I was what gonna, the hell? I was going to try to go see well, it last we're night. We're not going like, to fucking talk what's about the point it. In what, what's the point in seeing it? HBO Max is a thing. In 45 days, and I keep telling people that's how I'm going to do it. And they're like, oh, no, you got to see it in the theater. I'm like, well, is well, it like big, huge, and cinematic? And they're like, well, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, more, not more than any other movie. And I'm like. But my brother and sister-in-law were in town this week, and we had a plan where we were we went to go get dinner last night. We were going to come back. Okay, we'll go see the movie at like 8 or 9 o'clock. You know, we'll start it then. But then we realized, oh, shit, we're old now, and we can't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I got to be in bed by 10, even if I'm not asleep. I've got to be reading my book. Uh, yeah, so scrap that plan. And it's a three-hour movie. It's longer than a three-hour movie. Uh, That's what I heard, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll talk about my day, and I saw a movie. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some King Conan number three criticism that came Ooh, down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw some of that. That's a, it's not great. I got some shit to talk about. Uh, Grant Morrison. Uh, talked about Damian Wayne a little bit, his conception. That's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, that was weird also. That's my favorite story of the week, I think. <laughs> his conception <laughs> is in how the character was conceived in universe or like Grant Morrison's thought process for making the character? I think it's a little bit of both. We'll okay. get to it. Okay. Uh, uh, we'll talk about some Colin Bunn drama that he uh, let go on Twitter. That was kind yeah. of interesting. Uh, we'll talk more about the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man. Uh, there's a new mech strike. It seems like the only reason I have this in here is because it seems like every week's like there's more mech shit going on. So we'll talk about more mech shit and a Kevin Smith news. And it's all comic book related, not movie related. Double dose of food news sticking with one good, one bad. Taylor can't take the disgusting every week. I appreciate it. And moment of destruction. My goodness. My uh, goodness. You've missed like, it feels like you've missed a saga. I oh, have so many uh, Transformers things that happen, but we will talk about uh, Beast Wars number 13 and the coolest toy to be released. There was a bunch of G.I. Joes that they teased, man. A whole bunch. Tomax, Zaymont. Oh, yeah. I saw Tomax. That, that, that well, really you've seen cool. – they, they're, they're twins, so if you've seen yeah. one, you see yeah, the other. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a bunch of shit. But we will talk about one toy, and it's more of a Transformers toy. And then top three, uh, a lot of – shit this week um but some good stuff too i had like a solid like b average week i think like nothing that's, i read that's was how like, i would say yeah. i will say uh uh jay dugan was knocking it out of the park for me this week he was holding uh, it down yeah he got two x books this week no yeah um yeah. one of them's in my top three good. for sure yeah yeah they were both very good did anyone read this killing time this batman killing time I don't know. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. It's the Tom King. The Tom, Tom King, King Batman book, which is why I did not. We will it. talk about it because it was trash. And I hear people raving about it online. And I'm like, dude, I can't believe people are liking this. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Anything else we want to add to? It's a plethora. Sounds like we're covered. It's a plus. Like a full show. I always ask, even though I know you guys aren't gonna. Maybe like a week from now, one of yeah, us. You will know see we're Batman not gonna we uh, this schedule. Andy said the Batman was meh. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, I'm hearing different things. I, I'm hearing... very angsty. I am of... shocked by all the raving reviews I'm seeing, though. Like, 
It seems to be. Shocked. I've seen more than one person give it hey, a quote unquote perfect I, score. I will say, you know? we have been starving for great Batman content. You know, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed uh, Ben Affleck for what he was as Batman and sure. Justice League and whatever. But those movies were those movies. They weren't his fault, well, but those were bad, bad movies. Let's talk historically about Batman in movies, since we're speaking of. Those I saw them are trash. I saw a thing where someone no, was pointing out like the Catwomen through the years. Show. Like we had oh. like Michelle Pfeiffer in 1992 and Anne Hathaway in 2012, and now yeah. uh, Zoe Kravitz in 2022. My big takeaway though was Dark Knight Rises came out in fucking 2012. Oh that was God, 10 dude. years ago now. Jesus. I love that, I love that movie. So We've much. had three Batman in 10 years. But Good the gravy. thing about Batman movies, right? Leading up to the movie, there's always been hate, all the way back to Michael Keaton. Oh yeah! Everybody thought that movie was. Oh gonna yeah! Be I mean, garbage. it's weird to imagine now, but I'm sure a lot of people didn't like the idea of Beetlejuice being bad. Oh, they hated that idea. They hated that idea. But I mean, you look historically, every fucking Batman movie, whether it deserved it or not, before it came out, it was panned by everybody. Everybody was like, "This is going to be garbage." Oh it's yeah, gonna be shit. And then they either followed through or their minds were changed. But Remember it seems like it for this ledger. Right before, hey, dude, everybody yeah. hated that idea. Everybody that's, hated that. Yeah, that's so weird now, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> Batman has like an interesting cinematic history. Like, there's a lot. There's one of my favorite ones is actually uh, Batman and Robin, just because it's so bad that it's, it's actually fun. It's a, it's really good if you just go into it. It, and it is like, a lot okay. of fun. Yes. And, and I miss that with a lot of Batman. It's kind of campy. Batman's, it's kind of throwback. Batman's not fun. He's not allowed to be fun nowadays. He's all and, uh, yeah, all he's time. All... Uh, but Andy also said it Gotta was the writing, the, the writing and the pacing. And I'm hearing that about the Batman again. None of us have seen it. We're not going to talk about it. That's why we're covering yeah. the show. But I'm not seeing any middle ground. I'm not seeing a lot of middle ground on this movie. I'm seeing I either loved it or well, I hated that's, it. That's that's pretty common with a lot of these DC with, movies. Yeah. And, and with superhero movies in general. I mean, but Birds of Prey, DC I like movies. Birds of Prey. I like Birds of Prey quite a lot. It was, it was it, okay. I think it had the best fight scenes of all the uh, DCEU movies that they've done Very so dynamic. Far. Yeah. For sure. All right, well, let's do the damn show. Enough about Batman. Damn it. We'll talk about Batman in the comics. Let's do this thing. I bet Dave saw Batman. <laughs> I bet he did too, yeah. <laughs> Somebody wake up, Hicks. Actually, I uh, watched that this morning. Dude, I watched that just before the show. It ended with... Uh, I, I'm watching Predator right now. I, uh, nice. Just the body just got taken out. My old lady ordered pizza. Uh, man ordered pizza. He came with free show time. Uh, greetings, geeks. Welcome back. Another episode of this Geeky Comics Hour. Get used comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Hey Janet, thanks for hanging out. Vin, FYI, what does that mean? I do not know. Does that mean something? Uh, it's Gomer, Adam, Normal, Taylor. How is it going, gentlemen? Doing good. Doing all right, man. We talked all we're going to talk about the Batman because none of us saw it, even though it is in my notes. Uh, but I had a great day. Talked with my neighbor, borrowed his ladder. Uh, I moved in November to a very small town, relatively speaking. I lived in a town with what's Hendersonville, thirty thousand, maybe a little bit more. Tens of thousands, at least. So yeah, well, yeah, I'm in a town with five thousand now. So uh, today, I spoke with my neighbor longer 
Then I spoke with all of my neighbors at my previous address over the course of the 20 years I lived there. Um, mm. Yeah, we just sat and shot the shit while, you know, he was kind of poking around his yard and I was doing stuff around my yard. So it was really fun, dude. It was really cool. So it was great. I'm glad you made that connection, man. I really am. Yeah. He's got a bunch of stuff I want to borrow. So. Although if I had to guess, I'm guessing he <laughs> saw you on your yard. It's like, oh, they put a scarecrow up. And they're like, oh, yeah. whoa, no, that is my neighbor. Uh, he is so, really, be nice. so really what you're telling me is it just took you needing things that's right other people had ned flanders is my ned <laughs> yeah flanders. like only when they can be of some utility to yeah. you other they become real people he is really religious too so he is kind of yes like my ned flanders so. <laughs> and i beat the shit out of my kids choke them uh but i did see west side story i was on disney plus and it was also on hbo max but uh it was a triumph it it was basically the original they changed a few things but it was with that. Well, that's Steven all it needs to be is the original. Yeah. Honestly, it was that Steven Spielberg flair. You know, really unique takes on the camera angles and and how long the takes were, and it was good. It was fantastic. I'm a fan of musicals though, so yeah. I've been meaning to check that out. So. I've been meaning to get around to that. I haven't got it's around good. to it. It's good. It's uh, cool. Yeah, like I said, my brother was in town, so uh, that's uh, that. And Dungeons and Dragons occupied most of my weekend here. Fun always. Yeah, uh, and then I'm I'm just in the slow process of uh, moving right now, so I've been slowly packing stuff up, and while in the process of doing that, I've been watching Alien, Aliens, nice. Predator, go, going through all of those in the background, you know, while I'm... Nice. You have not touched your stuff. action figures at all. I have a little bit. There's a big shelf behind you that you can't see, and yeah. I've... I have some of them bagged up. Here's my Cheetors right here. Nice. Dude, that's yeah. how I did my shit, too. I've you got just... Well, you got to bag them up because they have the little accessories. And if yes. they pop off, a lot of them are headmasters. And if they lose the heads, they're, they're, they're fucked. It, they're gone. They yeah. lose all value. I had the trans metal Cheetor back in the day. And his, nice. like, the, the, his little like hand guards that were like the cheetah head, they kept falling off. And I know I lost those a long, long time ago. We're going to talk about Cheetor later. Oh. Yeah, we sure. are. We are. For sure. Uh, but let's do news. It's interesting. Man, everything feels so much louder. My volume's turned up louder. That'll do it every time. Uh, okay, in the news, uh, tough one this week because it's a trend. Now, I'm going to get into that connection of the trend anyway. But uh, in uh, Conan number three, which I'm pretty sure was in Taylor's top three, and it was. It was a good comic. You know, the week it came out it was a couple weeks ago. Uh it was heavily criticized for its portrayal of uh, this character, uh, Pocahontas. It wasn't referred to as Pocahontas in the book, but um, Jason Aaron, uh, Mahmoud Azrar, colors as Matthew Wilson, Travis Lehan, whatever, uh, told a, a story set in uh, the further age than has previously been explored in Conan. He finds a woman marooned on an island uh, of the undead, and she calls herself Princess Matoeka. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Matoaka, whatever. But that is the real life name of the character, of the person, the real life person, Pocahontas, uh, who's a Native American historical figure who, honestly, mm -hmm. by the same parent company, uh, was kind of perverted before into sort of a sexual thing. This is a, a girl, a, a girl, underage girl, underage, yeah, very it, young, who was basically kidnapped and raped and, and taken and just, all over. And just everything. looking at the, uh, the picture there, <laughs> I could see why people might have. Uh, Take an umbrage yes. to them using her. Definitely, name. they're sexualizing a character who has already been sort of mischaracterized and and also sexualized, but uh, all you know, painting everything white, painting it all white, you know. 
so later that same day, Jason Aaron came out with a statement. Uh, I'm going to read the full statement. In King Conan 3, I made an ill-considered decision to give a character the name of Matoaka, a name most closely associated with the real-life Native American figure Pocahontas. This new character is a supernatural thousand-year-old princess of a cursed island within a world of pastiche and dark fantasy and was never intended to be based on anyone from history. I should have better understood the name's true meaning and resonance and recognized it wasn't appropriate to use it. I understand the outrage expressed by those who hold the, the true Matoaka's legacy dear. And for all of this and the distress it's caused, I apologize. As part of that apology, I've already taken what I was paid for this issue and donated to the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center, a movement that actually really does need money. You know, uh, The character's name and appearance will be adjusted for the rest of this miniseries uh, and in all digital and collected editions. First and foremost, spec on this has jumped based on that because you know, oh not yeah get another of course break. just i FYI. mean anytime it's in the news for any reason good or sure. bad you can expect the spec to jump the first impressions on this seems like an honest mistake the writer took full responsibility yeah. immediately and also promised change this is how it is supposed to be done when yep. you fuck up okay however i also yeah i do it is good that he didn't come out and say like i'm oh. sorry people were offended you know that is, such a, that is always still. a bullshit apology but yeah he, he owned up to it you know yeah he owned up to it and kudos to him but yeah there is still definitely a huge problem with this this shouldn't have gotten out at all period anyway what the hell do you have editors for at yeah. marvel how is twitter editing your out? comic books for you marvel yeah the biggest fucking comic book publisher on the planet ever and they can't figured this out um i mean people always are like man we need diversity in the well it's like it's like back when uh uh the x-men scandal you remember when that the x-men first came out and what colossus had uh whatever written on his shirt yeah and it was in the window too it was anti-semitic stuff yeah i would point out that that was more like intentionally anti-semitic where i do take jason or word here that he did not mean for this to be i'm just saying i'm just saying that marvel has a track record now of letting stuff slip past their editorial yeah that's true probably should not have slipped past if people were actually paying attention and looking into the stuff that they're actually publishing 100 percent. okay marvel needs to do better but Let's focus again on Jason Aaron, okay? Again, he owned up to it. He apologized. He made amends. You got to do that with – you got to take that for what it's worth, okay? And put that whatever light you in. I think it's a good thing, okay? But Jason Aaron has a native fetish, okay? He does. I'm sorry. His ignorance continues to make his work insensitive. Uh, Echo. In that Phoenix song, right? He has her visiting a Native American reservation. He has never stepped foot on a Native American reservation. Did he has write admitted that? It. Yes. He was writing that. Hmm. Um, his series Scalped was full of Native American stereotypes. Um, and he has gone and apologized for that and said he's grown into that. But all right. I'm I'm all I'm okay with people writing whatever they want. All right, he is trying to put Native Americans into a positive light, but if he can't do it in the right way, he's actually and I'm not saying he's doing it intentionally, but he's actually doing the opposite. You know what I mean? Well, you know and what it reminds me of. He it either needs to me... educate himself or he needs to say no. Marvel, as one of the top dogs here, you need to hire. Native American writers. I do so want to point out here real Native quick stories. that Jason Aaron did not write. Uh, uh, Phoenix song Echo. That was Rebecca Roanhorse. 
Well, no, no. In in that Avengers book, when he has her going to the uh, to the reservation, I don't remember her doing that. Oh well, well maybe whatever. I'm reading read it, reading that wrong. She but... went to the reservation, I thought, in her own like miniseries, which was yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I, I, between this one and Scout, he does seem to have, and he seems to have the best intentions. Honestly, I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He seems to have the best intentions. He wants to, you know, put a light on Native Americans and, and things like that. All, all better that he wants to do that. Okay, I'm not taking it away. But I, I think you have to do it the right way. I think if he'd, have, if he'd have called up any Native writer on Twitter and said, hey, let me send you this, and and you know what I mean? It would have not had this problem with with Conan, King Conan number three, never would have happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the easiest thing to do. And why would you not want to do that if your ultimate goal is to make sure you're putting an authentic, positive light on Native Americans and Native American culture? That just seems like common sense to me. There's no way, dude, that he accidentally mistook, mistook this for this not being a pastiche of an of, of Pocahontas. You know, or at least a Native American uh, woman. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I'm not. I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and he did come out and apologize. He owned up to it. It just seems like maybe he needs to, to maybe not do that, or maybe use the power that he's got in the business to actually make more Native American writers a thing. You know. I don't know. Uh, all right, moving on. Moving on. Because I'm not trying to pick on Jason Aaron. Uh, Damian Wayne. Now let's pick on Grant Morrison. <laughs> no, I'm not picking on Grant Morrison. He can, or they can do no wrong. No problem with that, with that person. But uh, it's always been this thing that we kind of don't talk about. But in Batman, Son of the Demon, it was stated that Batman was basically raped by Talia, who then conceived the greatest Robin of all time, Damian Wayne. But that's kind of not what happened. Is everybody with me on the same? Well, I mean, so, it's not so, what happened because Damien's not the greatest Robin of all time. But sure, let's keep going. So, so back in the original run, you know, in the O'Neill run, it was consensual. But Morrison kind of rewritten it, and it definitely feels like it's not consensual in his, uh, you know, rewrite rewriting of it. Yeah, she but, basically but now, like held on to his sperm and used it to uh, cook Damien up in but a test. Now they are coming out and saying that it was in fact consensual, but with like a weird, with not a weird twist, a great twist. Because I am not going to kink shame. Uh, for those who, as Morrison said, for those who have wondered over the years, and it seems many have, the conception of Damien, son of Batman, was in my mind. An entirely consensual event. We've taken pains, my my artistic collaborators and I, to show that Batman is clearly a willing participant in flashbacks to the event. The running joke is that he denies it, whether to or to hide from responsibility and convince himself that his youthful passions was some result of trickery. Uh, That's deep in and of itself. Like Batman's like... I ain't no bitch. <laughs> you know, that's toxic masculinity. Uh, anyway, he goes on, or they go on, Morrison. I will admit, however, that Talia in those stories dosed the Cape Crusader with something from her arsenal resembling a com- combination of MDMA and Viagra <laughs> and doubtless other ingredients of her own devising. She can't help being the devil's daughter, after all. 
Nevertheless, they were genuinely crazy about one another, but it would take a lot to melt the glacier walls of experience that separates them now. See, I'm not buying that. She had to roofie him to get past this toxic yeah, I mean, once you, have, once you have crossed the threshold where she's using drugs, though, it doesn't matter if they have genuine affection, that it's still coercion. <laughs> Only if if he was into that though, that's kind if, of what is she like. Is she like was handing it, so I was like, "Hey, here's a big thing of drugs. You want to take him?" And he's like, "Sure." Then that's a different story. But she gave no, him drugs, no. and he didn't know. That's still coercion. No, their kink is deeper than that. Their kink is deeper than that. I think I nailed it. I think you did too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would still like to get back to the most important thing that. <laughs> Somehow Taylor doesn't think this is the greatest Robin of all time. What are you he's a fucking about? Mary Sue. Like I know that's the best part. Man, man, that Robin book has been so great. I hear good things about it. I'm gonna have to go back How and check out the volume sometime. But... On the last page. Yeah. He has had such great character growth over that last. He has friends now. Oh, he's a Mary Sue. You know, um, I'm glad for that, but he's also what? a fucking punky little asshole. I you, love you that about him. And I, I don't, be... so I guess that kind of is like the well, agree to not, disagree moment then. He's not as much of an asshole too. now. He's kind of grown a bit. Good he's for still him. Be a dick to, to he's still going to be a little bit of a dick. He, he always has matters. to be a dick. But, uh, but speaking of that last page stinger, though, I kind of hope they don't go through with it. I actually like Alfred being dead. I think it's I kind of where helped would everybody. I think, I, I think I've hoped. I think that they've done good stuff with it, especially in the yeah. Nightwing book. Um, Batman had some good like reflection moments with it and everything, but inevitably Alfred is coming back. I mean, sure, but if I don't they, think they should do it like yet. this, that wouldn't have been a stinger. If they were actually going to go through with this, they would have just brought him back, and that's the stinger. It wouldn't be a stinger in Robin. They'd promo it a lot. Yeah. More. You know, so, no, I don't think that this is actually going to happen the way that Damien's planning in the Robin book. But Maybe. I agree right. with Adam that I hope that they keep him dead for a while, even if I do recognize that they will eventually, inevitably, bring him back. Well, after Dark Crisis, maybe. Maybe. Moving on, Colin Bunn. Uh, last Friday, uh, writer, comic book writer Colin Bunn, probably the most prolific horror writer in the business today. He writes a ton. Like him or not. He writes some dope horror comics. Uh, he tweeted, We're not in the Colin Bunn business anymore. Our harsh words to hear from a publisher. But also, screw them. They were barely in the Colin Bunn business when I was writing dozens of books for them. All right, so we're picking up on the clues here. Well, I didn't. Bleeding Cool did, and I stole all of their investigative work. Uh, and I will correct some of their work. Colin Bunn currently writes books for Dark Horse, IDW, Boom, Image, Oni, Aftershock, Dynamite, and Vault. That's a lot. It was a, a lot. He wrote a bunch of books for DC. He wrote Sinestro. That was an okay run. It was okay. Lobo, which was all right. Aquaman, which was cool. Uh, Earth 2, which was actually pretty fun, dude. I had a good time uh, with that Earth 2 Earth book. 2 that was, was the new okay, 52. Yeah. yeah. Earth 2. Uh, and he wrote Green Lantern for a while, which was not yeah. okay. That's when Sinestro went back to being a Green Lantern for like 10 minutes. Remember that? It wasn't real. Uh, but he wrote dozens of books for Marvel. X-Men Blue, Uncanny, Magneto. Magneto, yeah. That was a good book. A lot of Deadpools. A lot of Deadpools. Yeah, but they were, uh, those are all like the uh, Deadpool kills whatever universe. Those, those make a lot like of that. money for Marvel. They do. They do. Those are high sellers in the trades. Uh, Fearless Defenders. He wrote a Drax miniseries. Bleeding Cool actually has Micronauts here listed as a Marvel book. 
it was not. When he was writing that Micronauts nope. book, that Micronauts that was book an IDW. was uh, IDW, yeah. 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 So, and remember, he didn't write the good part about? of that. He did not. Yeah, he didn't write the good part. Uh, he also did Ask Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember that book? Yes, I vaguely remember that book. Was that solid. book was solid. I really enjoyed that book. Uh, he I, wrote, I didn't get it. He wrote Venom Wolverine, uh, Monsters Unleashed, Battle Scars, Captain America, Captain America, and Hawkeye, Captain America, and Black Widow, Moon Knight, Darth Maul, Venomverse, Venomized, Fear Itself, Civil War II, X-Men, House of M. Uh, that House of M was that one where they actually went back and revisited House of M. Absolute Carnage and a whole lot more. You so got to admire the guy's work ethic, if nothing else. Uh, right. So obviously, the publisher who's talking to shit because he used the word dozens is Marvel. What a shitty thing to say to a fucking writer who's obviously really good, pretty good, you know, at writing fucking comic books. It's a shitty I don't thing know. to do. I, I'm not the biggest Cullen Bunn fan, but it does it does suck to be completely excluded out of. If that was the exchange that they made, we're not in the Colin Bunn business anymore. That is a very unprofessional very, way to handle it. Very yeah. shitty, Thank yeah. You, Taylor. Yeah. It's just, a sh- I don't know. It's just, it's hard enough busting in, you know, and then you bust in and you bust your ass and you work your ass off, even at the big two, and sell them a lot of books. And then they're like, nah, we don't want you to write books for us. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why not? You know, it feels like politics, you know, like somebody there don't like you, you know, maybe I don't know if it's like the numbers dropping. I don't know if it's, you know, just not having room on the payroll or whatever, or maybe it is just a petty grievance. I have no yeah, idea, but still, regardless of why you would want to distance yourself from someone, as far as I know, there's no controversy surrounding the guys. So, yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, anything. I mean, it, regardless of why you would want to cut ties with someone, you Oh, them better than we're not in the Colin Bun business anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what happened to my image of Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, I guess I don't have it, but they oh, did. God. Marvel did confirm that Spider-Man number 900 will happen this year. Of course it will. Of course it will. Yeah, of course it will. Anytime they have an excuse to get a like milestone numbering out, of course, they're always going to do well, it. We're almost there. We're only eight issues away. And yeah. they're really working hard to get there. Three or four issues a month, you know. You're going to get there well, pretty Yeah, fast. it's just it's just like uh, Detective Comics right now being weekly, you and know. They did the same thing when Action and Detective were leading up to 1,000, remember? Yep, yep. It's weird. If it keeps going like this, we'll hit 1,000 in like, what, two years, three years? I'm sure yeah, we'll they probably, try to like... Go we'll ahead. probably hit 1,000 next year. Oh, they, you think they're going to go that fast? Probably. Uh, they'll probably go at least three a month, you know. Uh, well, probably not next year, but a year and a half. It's going to take them, yeah. I'm I sure mean, they yeah. try to time it up with, like, financial quarters, you know. Yeah. And it's the 60th anniversary this year, so they're making a big deal out of it. And, I mean, it is the year of Spider-Man so far. Biggest movie of the year. Nothing appears. It, it's ever well, technically, it. that was last year. but Technically. Wow. I know. But December, in fact, was last no, year. No, you're right, but man, was it though? Yes. Moving on, Mech Strike. <laughs> oh, I forgot to show the Colin Bun picture. There's Colin Bun. He's hot. Uh, here it is, Mech Strike. It's called Monster Hunters. Uh, I don't know. Man, why I'm still butthurt about them never doing Me a fucking too. Voltron moment in that last book. That's, that's why they have the sequel. You have to buy the sequel to get them to. <laughs> see them be voltron i want to get a confirmation that they voltron (laughs) up and then i'll maybe get the book uh it's written by christus gage he's good 
Uh, Paco Diaz is doing the art. Yeah, Christmas Cage uh, is pretty solid. It is part of the Monster Hunters thing. Uh, Monster Hunters is also like a line of toys that they're mm-hmm. doing that are sort of like Marvel characters turned into monsters. I don't know if that makes it more or less likely that they'll combine. Yeah, I don't know either. Probably less <laughs> likely, you know. Well, you buy them all separately, and then you well, I guess that depends them. on what the toys themselves are. Capable yeah, I don't of. think the toys are going to form Voltron. That'd Why be cool not? If they did. But it's just weird to me that they're using these comics to sell toys now. That's fun, you know. It used to be like that all the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, if ever there was a comic book that is a tie-in for an action figure line, this here is it. Mech Strike. Uh, last bit. Kevin Smith is launching a Dark Horse comic book line. Uh, he's getting mm. into Dark Horse business with a line of creator-owned comics uh, that he's going to write. He's going to start with a superhero comic. Uh, it's going to be called Secret Stash Press, and the first one is going to just be a vigilante, right? Uh, and then he's going to do an anthology book called Quick Stops set in the View Askew universe, which I am very excited for. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I like the View Askew universe. It's fun. It's interesting. So that's it. No one was talking about that. That's uh, Kevin Smith news this week. Kind of bummed me out. Last time I read a Kevin Smith comic book, it was that. Uh, on a it was the, yeah, it was that Onomatopoeia book. With Onomatopoeia. Batman. Yeah. I love that guy. Love that guy. <laughs> Dude, I, I hope they get him into a movie because I've got all of his appearances. <laughs> Everything he's ever been in. I as, have far all as, of like, as far as like awesome. stupid gag Batman yes. villains go, that's a pretty solid one, I it's, suppose. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's awesome, dude. I mean, it's a I step up it. above like the likes of Condiment King or like, you know. Well, I don't, um, don't want to go there. I would have said Polka Dot Man back before Polka Dot Man was cool. See? It only takes one. Give James Gunn Condiment King, and he will be cool. Uh, all right, let's do food. Mmm, yummy. We got a double dose of food news. The first one is the new LeBron James. They're both sports-related, actually. I'm getting some feedback from somebody. Uh, there's new magical fruity pebbles, and they come with shoes. Uh, they come with shoes. Yeah. Do the shoes come with pretty pebbles, or do the pretty pebbles come with shoes? I don't know. Uh, all right, Fruity Pebble cereal is teaming up with <laughs> Nike and LeBron for the creation of the new Nike LeBron James 19 Low Magic Fruity Pebble shoe. Available for limited time only. Each box of magical Fruity Pebbles features an on-pack promotion. That offers all fans 20% off an item at the Nike.com store. Oh, okay. And So you get 20% off the shoe. And you're entered into a sweepstakes for a chance to win a pair of the ultra-limited edition Nike LeBron 19 low-color mm. changing shoe based on the cereal, which is LeBron James' favorite cereal when he was a kid. That's how he got big and strong and good at basketball, eating from the pebbles. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some new cereal boxes among the sneakerheads. Uh, you can find these at select retailers nationwide starting March 7th. So that's now. That's close now. All right. Here's another one. And this one's got a twist to it. It's gross at first, and it's like kind of, uh, you know, clever. Lay's is teaming up to do goat cheese flavored potato chips. Like feta? Nope. Goat, like greatest of all time, and it's got people on there who are legends in sports. Oh, okay. This happens to be a cheese flavored chip. So cheddar jalapeno. 
See, feta chips would be disgusting. <laughs> All right, because that's immediately where I went when I was like, wait, goat cheese pizza or goat cheese chips. That's nasty. So, yeah, this has got Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi, he plays football, soccer, something like that. He kicks the ball. He yeah, he ball. plays – well, for most of his career, famous. he played for uh, the Barcelona football club, yes. Oh. Lots of people know who he He's is. He's also the captain of Argentina's uh, national team. You How's ignorant that slut. How's that uh, work? Because How's he's from play? Argentina. <laughs> it's not like the Olympics. <laughs> no, right for the World team. Cup. Oh, you can just play for whoever you want. Whatever country. I mean, there's enough soccer players out in the world that they don't have to do this, like, headhunting from other countries thing that the Olympics does. Oh, I kind of like that. I think it's fun. It's free agency on on, uh, the world diplomatic level. Anyway, this is a reasonably (laughs) clever turn of phrase. I assumed you you meant, like, goat cheese. Like, yeah, stuff like Like, to make that goat. Like, oh, I'm not sure if I like that. But this is a decent, like, you know, pun that they're trying to make here. Yeah. So I'm expecting this to take off, and I'm expecting this to have a bunch of different collectible bags, you know, with oh, all yeah. kinds of, like a Joe Montana, a whole bunch uh, of people, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, um, Pete Rose. I don't know who famous people. I wonder if they'll use Just Pete Rose because he's still in like the he's still in the doghouse with the MLB. Yeah, it, will, it won't be Pete Rose. It'll be current. It's stupid. I wonder if they are gonna like exclude it to people who are currently playing because I'm assuming that would probably move more bags of chips. If there's people who are still playing. Yeah. Well, my assumption is. Like, I don't know how many people are going to go get the Bill Russell bag, you know? Well, my assumption would be, right? Like, every year the NFL does something with Coke or or Budweiser where they have, like, your local team on the cans. So if it was like, uh, who was that quarterback that just quit who played for the Patriots? Uh, Tom Brady. They could just sell the Tom Brady bags in like the Boston area. I hate that, but they will probably do a Tom Brady bag. That piece. Well, of he's shit. awesome, dude. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. He's also he's a, a cheater shit. like Pete Rose. That's yeah. why I said Pete Rose. Well, yeah, if Pete Rose isn't on there, then Tom Brady shouldn't be either. But <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. We finally agree on sports. I fucking hate sports. Sports so ball. Boring. So boring. Uh, awesome moment of destruction. Finally, it's been so long. Finally. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Uh, first thing, toy. This was announced. Uh, the new crossover. Uh, yes. Transformers has done crossovers with Ghostbusters. They've done a crossover with Back to the Future. They did a crossover with uh, X-Men, which is ironically the only one of those three crossovers that I don't well, have. I cannot find the Blackbird under 80 bucks anywhere. Well, now they're going back to the classic, you know, going back classic. to the OG crossover. Classic. This is. This is the OG Hasbro crossover. Transformers and G.I. Joe. Uh, it's not in the uh, uh, scale I buy. It's in the 3.7-inch scale. If you were make this a 6-inch Megatron, that Megatron would be awesome and huge and cool. like like two feet tall. Uh, but yeah, the classic three-wheel tread his tank transforms into Megatron. Uh, this is the first time I've seen G1 fans actually excited for a Megatron that transforms into a tank. Uh, usually that really, really pisses us off because we're <laughs> purists. Um, but it's really cool. It comes with a cool Baroness figure. Again, it's 3.75 inch. Uh, that is the uh, the classic 80s G1 G.I. Joe size. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the O-ring design on the on that little Baroness figure. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this was showed off against a bunch of cool freaking GI Joe classified figures that I'm not pre-ordering any of them, but they're awesome. They were really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's the toy. That's the toy of the week. That's the toy of the week. Uh, moving on, Adam, you are up with Beast I am Wars. Up you with Beast Wars it? number I'll thirteen. I mean, we could do it. Let's let's jump into it was this. Good man. It was all right. Um, so this was basically a Cheetor, Cheetor issue. Um, the beginning of this issue, uh, the Maximals and the Predacons, they're just duking it out. And uh, Cheetor gets blown up. And when he gets blown up, he goes and into his mind. And this is all happening in his head. And... Uh, these weird floaty heads that showed up earlier in the run show the up. The Vox. The Vox. And they basically try to Inception Cheetor to figure out some maneuver that's inside Dude, of Dude, I head literally have there. Inception in my notes. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is because, because they bring Cheetor back to a past moment. He's in a bar, hanging out in a bar, uh, yeah. which is exactly from Inception. You know? He's yeah. hanging out in a bar and um, another version of Cheetor basically comes up to him and is like, hey, hey, Cheetor. tell me about this maneuver. Hey, And the know, maneuver really yeah. had nothing to do with anything. It no, was, there was just like a memory that, that Cheetor liked because of somebody he shared it with. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but Cheetor catches on really quick because they're really terrible at this whole Inception yeah, thing. Yeah, the box are not good. Um, and for some reason, they end up uh, doing a race. Um, yeah. The Vox agreed to... Yeah, the well, the Vok turn into Blur because Blur is who Cheetor uh, idolizes, and uh, the Vok agree to that if Cheetor wins a race, that they'll reboot Cheetor, and Cheetor could, you know, be Cheetor again. Yeah, um, but it wasn't a race to a finish line. It was actually a race through circuit pathways in Cheetor's mind that unlocked the secret that the Vox actually wanted, but then didn't. Uh, but they did find a- out about the protoforms. That's basically where Just we ended up. The Vox want the protoforms now. Yeah. Yeah. This is okay issue. It was an okay issue. You it know, was, it has it the was same. Okay. I had a good time. It was an okay issue. You know, I, I actually, I really like this, or I want to really like this series. Um, it's a lot better than any other Transformers book that's coming out right now. It's, Worlds and the normal Transformers book. It's not as good as uh, King Grimlock, but um, but it's it's still you know the art is just okay. You I thought know, Winston I, Chan on this instead of Josh Bertram, who's usually on it, did a lot it, better. Yeah, he did better, but it's still yeah. it's still. And I got I don't to see know. Blur, man. I fucking love Blur. It's still not Blur. my face to art. There were, we were spoiled for a long time with just fantastic Transformers artists and. Yeah. I do feel like we are a step down now. Well, we got um, some stuff coming. We got some. But stuff we do, coming. we do. But we'll yeah, this was happens. still this was still a solid issue. I still it was pretty and pretty much enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is ending in a few months, as is uh, everything there, and then the good stuff starts. You know, six months of awesome IDW revisits, and then a new blood. I'm very excited. Very excited. Uh, all right, let's do top three. Wait, what, Adam? Well, I'll go first. Uh, 
Let me go first just so I can get some, because I don't think any of you guys have any of these books in your top three, and I want to talk a little bit of shit. Maybe one of them, but uh, what if Miles Morales, it was lame. They should just not have done this at all. It was just a bad idea. Yeah, I don't really ever think I saw the appeal of, like, you know, having Miles be, like, just what if Miles was Captain America or, like, you know. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. They're doing the same thing with the Superior Four with that Doc Ock book. It's not good either. I don't like that at all. They're fun comic relief in the main event book, but it's just not good. Uh, War for Earth 3, number one. Man, I, I read this just because uh, Flash. Action-packed. It's action-packed, but it's, you know here. this was definitely – you need to read Suicide Squad because otherwise you will have no idea what the fuck is going on. And I'm not on. reading that. Exactly, and it begins in Earth 3, and they're – it really threw me off with Connor Kent because Connor Kent yes. became like bizarro Connor Kent. And I couldn't figure out if that was Earth 3 Connor Kent or if that was just normal Connor Kent. I'm still not sure. And I'm still not sure because they never tell you because they assume you have read Suicide Squad. I didn't even realize it crossed over. Until the Shouldn't Earth 3 Connor Kent just be like an evil Connor Kent rather than a bizarro Connor <laughs> I Kent? Don't know. I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, man, uh, Batman 121, this is kind of a letdown. Uh, Derp, I'm Batman. I knew you guys were faking it the whole time. Derp, man, fuck you, Batman. I'm so sick of that shit. That's Batman in my knew top the entire three. Batman that's in my top that three, but that's just because. For abyss the whole time. You the whole time. Fuck you, Batman. Sick of you. Gomer, you got to put away your hate boner for Batman I'm here. Sick of that shit. No, uh, he's anyway. not wrong though. I mean, yeah, not yeah. wrong. I was, was more annoyed bad. in the last issue where it was the whole like thing where like, no, we are fighting instead of talking. Fight, fight, fight. You know. Yeah. But then like in this issue, yeah, okay. So we probably should have seen this coming because of the whole like you know, you could have yeah. taken five fucking seconds to talk through the situation instead of having a brawl. But I don't know. Uh, and then Tom King's Killing Time. Uh, dude, all right, this issue jumped around between four different scenes, right? It took us backwards and forwards in time. Each scene. Like, one page was a scene. Like Memento? It, it, it was, no, it was worse than that. It so more like that. the Batman Catwoman book. Kind of like that, but, like, to the nth degree, dude. Mm, that was my least favorite part of the Batman yeah. Catwoman book. Uh, however, I will say, in both Bat books... Amazing art. Jorge Molina, David Marquez. Exactly. Killing it, yeah. killing it. That's the reason to buy these books. But I can't wait for Chip Zdarsky's run. I really think he's going to do a lot. Yeah, that's. Better. Yeah, this it. Williamson run is definitely <laughs> a uh, a placeholder run. It's it's a place yeah, it for is. Williamson to, to put all of his loose ends together for his Williamson verse that he has going on between yeah. Robin and Deathstroke and yeah. Justice League Incarnate. And it's weird, all this. dude. I mean, right, yeah, like, considering that, like, me. yeah, considering he was asked to, like, okay, you are going to just kind of spin the wheels here for a little bit while we're moving over to the next, like, actual Batman writer. He did a pretty solid job. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I'm still upset with that. I'll bound you all along, Batman. Anyway, my actual honorable mention, I think you guys are going to talk about two of my honorable mentions. So I'll just mention uh, Woman Without Fear number three. Chip yeah, that was pretty solid. I was probably going to make that an honorable mention. The only problem I had with this is it spoiled the main event. It spoiled the next issue of Devil's Reign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it like, hugely spoiled the book. I mean, they certainly <laughs> gave a singer for that, but it's Chip Zdarsky writing it, so I feel like he maybe is doing like an intentional fake-out, I assume, but I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but this was also a spec book. Uh, first appearance of Frank Castle with the new logo. 
was in this book, not Punisher number one. So big, big spec book on this. Uh, anyway, my actual number three, and I'm sure you guys have this too, was uh, X-Men number nine. Jerry oh, Dignan. yeah, this is my number two. This is my number one. Awesome. C.F. Vila on this. Uh, this one uh, really hit the cycle with us this week, I guess. Yeah, I did not miss uh, the art on this at all, even though I really should. It's, it's Silva. Uh, but this is really top-notch art. Um, it was fantastic. You know, I, I am really digging on – you know, I, I have been the biggest – probably big guy here bitching about hickman leaving x-men that said though this issue gave me so much hope for the status quo of x-men going forward under jerry dugan i mean i just love how orcus is set up in this it is just it gave me cobra vibes like dr stace is standing there with nimrod behind that's his nemesis enforcer (laughs) Yeah, dude, you're not wrong. But yeah, this book, I I feel like I was reading through this book, I did feel like it had a lot of big Hickman energy to it, which isn't the detract from like Dugan or anything, but like, yeah, I really love like the factions gathering up their forces here. I like seeing all about the bad guys. Yeah, and I do like the personality that Orcus does have. And I really like how they've just gone ahead and put Abigail Brand on damn Orcus now after what happened in Sword. Well, this was this whole issue was just setting up the status quo. It was setting up all of the players, and it was like SME of X. Yeah, and and it just it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon now, yes, sort of a uh, setup where I I can see where they can do just any number of stories now forever going on with this setup. Well, there's a lot of good stuff going in here, but it is really all about the bad guys, you know. Even when it's just a uh, a. Uh, Rogue Gambit kicking it. Destiny's there talking shit the whole time. Man. Yeah, she's a bad guy. That was I don't great give a fuck. Too. She's still a bad guy. Okay. I the thing that really made this book for me was all the character dynamics. I loved yeah. Gambit's dynamic with Destiny. I love the whole like he's like you know like hey we both love her but my love doesn't have any strings. It's like his mother-in-law. Yeah, they and it was basically perfectly is it. like that. Yeah, yeah. and I like the well the action was really well drawn when they were having their brawl. But yeah, all the consequential things in this issue were the bad guys were um, yeah. Orcus recruiting modok were um you know them like laying out their game plan here and yeah i I really like that character interaction too when they recruited modok is it yeah dr modok is it mr modok Modok. yeah or just dr stasis is honestly a lot of fun i really like him as a character he feels almost and you mentioned cobra he feels kind of like cobra commander from the gi joe movies the live action movies because he had this weird sort of you know humor to him uh, I love Tarn in this. Who says, you know, oh, that was yeah. a great moment too. Uh, I really like about, that. Like, Storm are we gonna continuing... go rescue Redfoot? And he's like, well, we don't rescue people. Fuck need to be, yeah, anybody who needs to be rescued ain't a Rocky no more. And then, uh, Araco herself beats the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. always fun when like Krakoa or Araco like just start yeah. to flex on these guys. Like, you are standing on me, you piece of shit, and just like fucking yeah. Dexter. I, I love Tarn though. That that shows you the character dynamics of that council too. Yeah, where, I really enjoyed. Tarn like, is the piece of shit on that council. Yeah, yeah. it's. I really enjoyed the quiet council interaction, but I really loved all the uh, the great circle uh, interaction because like these are characters we don't know very well and. It is cool whenever we get to see Storm kind of like bounce off these new personalities, especially Tarn. Tarn is yeah. by far the most memorable member that we've seen so well, far. Well, he's the one we know the best, too, because yeah. of Hellions. You know, we know him really well. So, yeah, X-Men number nine, great book. Uh, and a bright spot, you know, shining into the future for the X-Books. So I'm still 100% in on all the X-Books. Uh, Adam. 
All right. Um, honorable mention. Uh, only one really worth m- mentioning um, honorably would be uh, Monkey Prince number two. Um, it's a pretty solid book. I always love, uh, you know, promoting Yang. Uh, Yang's yeah. a pretty great writer, I pr- I'm sure. He always gets all of these small books, though. Um, the only reason why this isn't in my number three or in my top three is because this is kind of a kind of your basic hero's journey. Um, yeah. I've definitely read this story before, uh, but that said, it's still pretty solid, still pretty solidly written. The art's fantastic. Feels like a kid's um, book. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a kid's book, uh, but it's still good. It's still solid. Uh, but my number three was Batman 121, and it is solely because of the art. Jorge Molina does just murder the art in this book. Yeah. It is so fantastic. Um, even the, There's the a coloring fun dynamic is fantastic in it. Lex is, is good, cool in this. There is a good dynamic with Lex. I, I wonder if they're going to keep that going. Um, I hope so. I after like Williamson's it. run. Because, you know, um, I, I do like it. Um, and Williamson does. He he is sort of like the house writer. So whatever he writes, it doesn't feel... It feels like it's whatever editorial wants to happen. Sure. Sort of. Sure. So uh, I, I, this does feel like a something that Lex might be doing for a little long, little while longer. Yeah. Which I kind of hope does. I'd be happen. cool with that. But, but so yeah, like it's the definitely, uh, backup feature. It's, it's definitely all the art. And yeah, the backup was pretty solid too. I always like maps. Uh, those I think she would Academy make for she would make a fun. solid Robin if they decide to go that way. But we'll see. I don't know if they will. I mean, they always can. And sure, we can always use another Robin. But you gotta there's a lot. Keep that child army growing. That's right. Uh, cool. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. I just I could not get. Oh, I knew all along. Batman Inc. Wink, wink. Batman yeah. The story. Inc. The story is definitely a placeholder <laughs> story. It's definitely. Yeah. It's not. It's not doing anything great, fantastic out there that you haven't seen yeah. before. Cool, Taylor. All right, um, I'll do an honorable mention for Dark Knights of Steel number five for having something I genuinely not see coming. I'm right in the middle of this issue with a uh, Superman doing his heel turn here. Apparently, the uh, the Kryptonians are bad guys in this book, or at least that's what they're leading us to believe at the moment. Every Tom Taylor Elseworlds book, Superman is an asshole. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, also, an I honorable... Like the, it's like the, the Dark look. Knights of Steel, not the Blue Knights of Steel or yeah, whatever. I like the uh, the twist here, too, where the Kents take, end up taking Bruce away. I thought that was really fun. It was a nice twist. Yeah, that was a, that was a cute little twist on yeah. that. But, yeah. Um, Another honorable mention for Avengers Forever, number three. This is another one of those uh, Jason Aaron is smashing action figures together type of yeah. stories, and he's good at those. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun to be had here with all, like, fun, our al- but... yeah, like, our alternate universe <sighs> Avengers. Like, Thing is... has, like, the star brand or something. I don't know yeah. what the hell's yeah. up with him, but, yeah. It is fun. I just, I don't, don't have really room. have the room for yeah, two dude. of these a month. That's room. my thing. So I'm really this one this is eminently skippable. So yeah, like if you don't have room in your pull list, this is definitely on the chopping block. But it's fun if it you think fun. you can squeeze it in. It uh, but my number three this week is um, One Star Squadron number four. That is my number two. Excellent choice, man. I missed this when it first came out, so I'm gonna have to pick all that up and trade. It's well, I mean, really... it's a Mark Russell book. You know, that's really all there is to say about it. But that's saying a lot, you know, because it is like an in, it's a. Very insightful look at 
people who are stuck in the capitalist churn. You know, they it make is a satirical critique of capitalism. Yeah, they kind of in the DC universe. They kind of like they kind of like you know hit it right on the nose a little bit there when they're talking about how like you know everybody wins except the pieces. You know, and we're just stuck being the pieces. But it continues to be heartbreaking seeing what's happening with Gangbuster. It continues to you kind of. It, you really do root for red tornado trying to be a good person in a system that punishes you for being a good person. Uh, I love this stuff here. She's listening to uh, uh, Maxwell Lord's book on tape, you know, one of these self-help sort of things. And he's just saying all of this capitalist diatribe and it's just so, Oh, it's infuriating, but it's so silly. Uh, And then up here in the upper right of this screenshot, uh, squad goals. That's like an ITT tech for becoming a superhero. Just yeah. so ridiculous. Just oh, I love it. And then at the end, great cliffhanger here where the they said it. The folks who sold the place, the CEOs, the board of directors said, you know, making a joke about burning the place to the ground for the insurance money, and now the place is burning to the ground. Just freaking. But yeah, I mean, like. Oh. Him using the characters as like a device for talking about capitalism is all very well done. And he does a really good job like making you fucking despise these fucking board members and like yeah. Maxwell Lord and all these other like But he does it with humor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does it with humor. You do despise them, but it's because of uh it's not because they're sinister. They're it's farcical, yeah. They're farcical. Thank you. Yes, dude. And yeah, terrific Mark Russell stuff, man. This might be his best to date, dude, because I am such an anti-capitalist, and it's just hitting all of the right notes for me, man. This but that is a good point you make about the board that, like, I they're not really, like, actively evil as much as they simply do not care about anything at all yeah. besides making money, you yeah. know? There is a, a – a, 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 it's sort of in Marxist theory that even the capitalists themselves – are victims of the system. It forces them to do these anti-human things to hurt people. And it, they, they themselves are damaged inherently by adhering so much to the system. Uh, and that's really hard part of theory, you know, to, to get through to people who hate capitalists. You know what I mean? The capitalists are victims of capitalism, just like we are. So uh, I'm not sure if Russell has really put that through, but this is definitely, you know, some Marx 101 going on in, in this book. And, and yeah, that's why I like it. So uh, that was also uh, my number two. Awesome. Yeah. That was your number three, though, right? That was my number three. Awesome. That was my number two. So Adam so is up with My number two, two was uh, X-Men number nine. Nice. We're um, right through these. Yeah. Uh, great setup. Excited for the future of X-Men. And, man, I'm really glad that uh, Jerry Dugan is really – getting a chance in the spotlight um he's been such a solid uh b-tier writer over at marvel for years now yeah i mean way too long I'm way really, too long i'm Wait. really glad that like this is his chance at a flagship title and i do think he is nailing it so far yeah yeah one hundred. so excited yeah, he so deserves good. it good he him. deserves it he had a shout out in deadpool too yeah hell he yeah he deserves it he deserves that, it. that his uh, deadpool excellent. run was great his Deadpool run still stands, in my opinion, as the best Deadpool run outside of probably. Cable and Deadpool. Probably, probably, which is my favorite run. But uh, Joe right, Kelly yeah. is another arguable one there. But sure, you know, you're like, not wrong. but yeah, definitely, like um, the Dugan is on the the short list to be sure. Yes, perhaps yes. the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, my number two is going to be Static number six. Oh, awesome! 
Um, this was a pretty solid wrap-up to the quote-unquote season one of okay. this uh, milestone. Yeah, like, we got to see uh, Static just, like, fucking, oh, man, right, this kid is a god, you know? <laughs> like Dude, when he, he really cuts loose. basically the god of electricity. He yeah. blacked out the entire, and they did it so well. They like, even put it, like, right on the nose, right? Like, I am the god in the machine, you know? <laughs> like, yes. if, if it wasn't such a cool moment, that might have seemed a little silly, but it was a cool moment, so it turns out really well. Um, and I also like how they're giving a good message with this book, you know, like static is in a position where he could just blow this motherfucker away if he wanted to, but he doesn't, you know, he even says himself, like, it's hard to hold myself back. But I think that his little like soapbox speech at the end works really well. You always put a lot of risk on the story when you give the character a soapbox speech, but when they nail it, it is something pretty cool to see. Yeah. It was, and I think they nailed it. It was some heroic shit. I mean, He's fighting, and he just – he literally – he, like, goes binary, dude, and just blacks out, like, the entire city. And the way they're explaining it, how he's almost feeling the electricity flow towards the servers, and then it's entirely black throughout the city. And then it's just him with his finger lit, you know, and it's done just so well, dude. And, yeah, the art was great. And then there's this, you know, epic finish here. Dude, this book was amazing. This volume one of Static was awesome. It was so good. Yeah, so like good. this is the one they really needed to nail for this relaunch of Milestone, and I think that they did. So yeah, that yeah. makes my number two. Me too. Fantastic choice. Uh, all right, it leads to me. Number one, crossover number 12. Donnie Cates, D. Cuniff. Holy shit. All right, this book has no biz- business being this damn fun. Uh, anybody who doesn't know what this is, a portal opens over Denver, comic book characters fly through the portal and mayhem ensues. All right. Up to this point, there has been someone going around murdering comic book character or comic book writers. All right. And we find out last issue that it's Negan. Well, Negan from the walking dead, who is the guy who's been killing all these writers. He's pissed because they made these characters do these terrible things. He's like, I'm not a bad guy. You made me a bad guy. I like. I didn't, how, I didn't realize they had done him in black and white. That's a good touch. Right, right. He's like, I didn't want to do that, right? So he goes and visits Robert Kirkman's house. And this is <laughs> Robert he... Kirkman's house. He's smashing his uh, six-foot-tall Optimus Prime, which he actually owns. He actually owns one of those. And uh, look, at there he is doing the, the Glenn thing. And then he even calls it out. He's like, and this is for what you made me do to Glenn. <laughs> he calls awesome. him out on this it's full of cool references it's just meta to the extreme it might be the most comic book comic book that has ever existed here's donny cates okay all bearded up and long hair because he's been in jail i don't know what you actually call this it's not really breaking the fourth wall he's having an exclamation moment and grabs the word balloon and kills a guy with it <laughs> what who what? thinks of that <laughs> who thinks about that, dude? <laughs> who ponders anything like that? That makes no sense. It's fantastic, oh my gosh, though. it's fantastic, man. Everybody should catch up on this. Here's this. Oh, hey, between the panels, did you get your haircut? Yeah, between the panels. Now that's Donnie Cates, right? The Alan Moore thing was just confusing. He's not wrong. It was kind of <laughs> yeah. confusing. Uh, but oh my gosh, dude, this was so great. 
and I, I can't get enough at just how dumb, big, stupid comic book fun this is. And Negan actually kind of has a little his conversation with Kirkman. Like Kirkman is like, you know, that's my job as a writer to make you compelling. And when people are at their worst, you know, when they go through terrible things, I know your wife died. I know your daughter, you know, whatever, and all this shit about Negan. And he's, and Kirkman is like, well, you know what? In order to write that shit, I was going to, I was about to lose my mortgage. You know, I was, I was a terrible writer. And then Walking Dead hit and it saved my life. Right. And in order to make Walking Dead good every month, in order for me to survive, I had to go to a pretty dark place in order to write that. He's like, so I didn't suffer like you did, but I still suffered. And Egan was like, fuck you, and just hits him in the head. I mean, it was just this poignant, you know, it's like, oh man, Kirkman making some good points. And then nope. Nope. Yeah. It's Lucy over the head. Dude. It's yeah. such a fun ass book. But yeah, that was my number one. Could not be. Anything That's else. awesome. I'm gonna have to catch up on that. I, yeah, I've kind of dude. fallen off of crossover over time, uh, but I really need to catch up in the trades. It's really hit its stride after issue like uh, eight or nine or, or there. So it really did. Uh, all right, Adam, number one. Uh, my number one was uh, Devil's Reign X Men number two. Awesome. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, Jerry Dugan again, yep. knocking it out of the park this week, and um. You know, the last, you know, X-Men number nine, that was a big overall picture of X-Men as a whole, what's going to happen going forward as a universe. This was just a deep dive into Emma and yep. to Elektra for uh, sort of a bit, too. And in a weird and, way, kind of Spider-Man, too, which I did not I see. I like that a lot. I, I did like, like that, that a was lot. A good, I really like that moment that, like, yeah. you know, she it honestly broke her heart to look at, like, Spider-Man's inside story there, you know? My yeah. favorite part of this was her... Them showing, uh, and and according to the cover here, her, with, when she became uh, like Sue Storm for a minute to go get some money, and when she that went was hilarious, yeah, I love She Hulk's ear to change the way a court case went, or when yeah, I love I love seeing her shenanigans there theory. in the beginning. Uh, but you know what? What I really loved about this issue, though, is the the dichotomy between Elektra and Emma Frost. You know yeah. how they're both well, very similar. They're both these villainous women. Um, but they both also kind of view each other as the better option over the other. Um, yeah. Electra, uh, yeah, sure, she kills people, but she kills them quick. Whereas yeah. Emma, she might not kill you, but she'll rewrite your mind. She'll that was a good moment. It was a good juxtaposition. It was a good juxtaposition from the first issue where like Emma was given the whole like, well, I'm the one, I'm the good I'm option good theory. Witch. But I'm then, like, then, like, Electra points out that, like, you just ruined their lives, though. Yeah. Like, you did not come here with the kind option. I'm the kind option. Yeah. Uh, I also love how Dugan is sort of bringing in the current status quo of Krakoa, where Emma is a person in the international limelight, mm -hmm. and Fisk is using what he's got, his assets, his, you know, dirty laundry, and is able to go out there and do the things that he's doing and has been doing this entire event. It's very cool that Duggan is bridging those two things um, and making this fully fleshed out within the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. In I did like how thing. like Emma's idea of going low profile was to wear a fucking pirate jacket. Oh, it's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> but Love then, yeah, um, the, the icing on the cake was definitely black suit Spider-Man showing up. And yeah. that was, that was both heartbreaking and a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. 
Duke is showing everybody why he should be writing Spider-Man. And Man, anybody else should be right. Well, no, I, you know, I like Zeb Wells. We'll see how that goes. I trust Zeb Wells. I just wish someone else was drawing Spider-Man That's more exactly so I wish someone else say. was writing. Exactly what I was going to say. Uh, Taylor, you're wrapping it. I already wrapped it. My number one was X-Men number nine. Oh, all right. We had a lot of a lot of crossover this week. Yeah, we all had X Men on there somewhere, and uh, yeah, it was a good week, man. Uh, a lot of shit, but a lot of good stuff. But next week, holy crap! Uh, come back tomorrow night, same time. We are going to be doing uh, our preview show, and man, there there's two, the X Lives X Deaths two issues next week, one of each. Now I haven't been around since that started. I know. That book is nuts, dude. Both those book books are nuts. 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 Uh, but yeah, come back. We're going to talk about those. Uh, come back tonight. The comic book bullies are going to be here uh, doing their show. Uh, they always have a lot of good fun. I bet they're going to talk about the Batman in depth. Uh, so yeah, definitely come back for that. Go to outrightgeekery.com. There's links for everything that we've got going on there. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Most of all, thanks to these Jokers for hanging out with this Joker. I can show the Joker. I can do anything. You, do all you gotta jokers. pick one, man. I'll do. I like this one. How about this one? I know you hate that one. It's my least favorite of the bunch, but hey, man. <laughs> no. As long as you settle on one, whatever. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. I think your rhythm's a little off there, man. It is. It's okay. He's got to get back into practice. Yeah, I gotta, gotta, gotta get the.